One. Welcome, everybody. You'll notice we don't have much of an intro here. My name's Terry. This is Andrew with me, and we call this TNA Top Ten. Um, say hello, Andrew. How you doing? Hello, Terry, and I'm definitely the A in TNA. <laughs> don't forget it, ladies and gentlemen. And by the end of the show, after I yell "Roll Tide" 62 times and get muted, you will all understand why. So we don't have much of a budget, no big fancy intro, just our voices, but we're going to go through some football talk today. We're going to have a top 10 because, you know, nobody wants to look at 25 teams. You don't know that much stuff. Top 10 is plenty. We don't even have others receiving votes. Who cares about that crap? We're just going to give you 10 teams. That'll be toward the end. We'll talk about week zero. We'll talk about our predictions for conference champions, but let's get it going. So, Andrew, a um, couple of games in week zero that are worth talking about. We're not into the good conference champion, uh, conference schedule yet. Uh, Notre Dame and Navy in Ireland. Did we learn anything at all in this game other than Navy really sucks? Uh, they draw money. I mean, that's it. For Ireland, it's a big deal for them. It's a money, it's a money game. It's a money event. But Notre Dame, and I think I told you this, I know I told the, my gym buddy this this morning. Third and 12, first quarter, Navy's got Notre Dame pinned back. They decide to run a defense where they got seven on the front, four in the back, but they gave them nine yards of space to throw a slant or a, a go, and they he goes ahead and picks up the first down. Terrible defense. Happens again, third and 10. They decide to run a running or a draw, a running back draw, because – they decided no middle linebacker, no linebackers in the middle again. So there was nine yards of separation. So by the time Navy's piss poor defense got to the man to tackle him, he'd already gained the ten yards necessary to get the first down. So Notre Dame doesn't really show me anything, and that's why I ranked them where I did when we started talking about our top ten earlier, is because with that particular game, it was more about being in Ireland and. I mean, why not have Navy be there if you're going to have a zero-week game against Notre Dame? Right. But to say they're a they're an elite program this year, I think is a little a little it's a little early to give the Fighting Irish, who are chronically overrated, <laughs> as our fans will learn. I am a Notre Dame hater because they are media darlings, and I can't stand it. But um, they've got the right coach, I think, and uh, but I don't think they're an elite team yet. I don't think they're there. Yeah, I, I like the coach. I, I think I like the quarterback, but, you know, play against somebody and see how you do after that. You know, stats week zero aren't going to tell the story. You know, they're a good team, but how far can they climb up there? There's a lot of competition. Bigger question mark is USC. I'll let you lead that one off. Yeah, I, I think I'm not too concerned about this a little scare in the USC game. They ended up winning by four touchdowns. You know, I think back to 2004. It's Pac-12 football. I'm an Auburn guy. I begged for them to lose for like six straight weeks in 2004. And every week they broke my heart because they would be down by two touchdowns and storm back and win. I just think that's how they play out there. I don't think that they're going to have this great defense that's going to stop anybody really, but they don't do that out there. Um you know they'll be good. I don't. I don't see them being a playoff team, but um, they'll be good. I, I think they'll end up. I think there's probably enough competition 
inside their conference, and we'll get to that later when we talk about the champions. I don't just assume USC is going to run away with the Pac-12. I think there's a couple of teams out there that can push on them. But, you know, mm-hmm. another one where, you know, San Jose State sounds like they're not great. I think they got Oregon State this next week. We'll find out more about them then. Um, I'm not too concerned about it. You got any thoughts? No, my, my biggest takeaway was seven yards of rush. You want to be USC and you want to play in the deep water with the big boys that know how to run the ball. You just gave Kirby Smart as an example in a one versus four matchup in the playoff, the blueprint to beat you. Because Georgia is running back university. And all they're going to do is run the ball and they're going to grind them out. And you have got to find a way. You can't let a team run seven yards of carry. And we're not talking about this being Oregon, UCLA, Washington, to your point, the competition in the Pac-12. We're talking about San Jose State. So while Lincoln Riley may be the quarterback whisperer and have the odds-on favorite to win the Heisman again, um, offense doesn't win championships, not even in the modern era. So if you can't get some stops, it's not going to matter. And again, um, you could put Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, there's five teams right there that run the ball. If you can't stop the run, you're not going to stop those teams. Because everything that those teams do starts with the running game, and then it progresses forward from there. Well, there's true. That's really all we got to talk about in week zero. Um, looking forward to something in week one. Not a lot then, but we'll, we'll see some – People on the field for the first time. I'll, I'll see my Tigers get out there with a new coach and see what happens. You'll see your Huskers get out there with a new coach and see what happens. Am I a Husker fan on this show? I don't know. You tell me. You can't throw too many roll to Oh, man, I can't say that. You can't throw that word out there too much and, and still be a Husker fan. you got to pick a team. You told you told me to watch my language, and then you're cussing over there for Mr. Auburn alumni. I got alumni. two-thirds of it out, and I stopped myself. <laughs> No, no, diehard Nebraska fan. The reason I am an Alabama fan is Nick Saban and what he did for that program. But um, they played old school football. When I started watching Alabama in 2008, it's run the ball. It's play defense. Obviously, they got much more of an air raid style now, uh, but still a running game that is pretty pretty top notch. I would say it's second only to Georgia in the SEC. Um, in all fairness, but for the purposes of this show, we bleed scarlet and cream around here, and that's the Nebraska official colors. They kick off 7 p.m. Central Standard against Minnesota Thursday, so they are the first game of the week in uh, Power 5 football. So it's Nebraska-Minnesota. I believe Nebraska is actually at Minnesota. Matt Rule's the new head coach, for those of you that don't know. They're running a dime defense or nickel defense, which they ran during the Pelini era and um, had top five or top 15 defenses and nine wins per season. So that might be a formula that works. But in the Big Ten, you have to stop the run. And the difference between what I see on our defense now and the Pelini years defenses, there was this anchor named Indominic and Sue, who probably did pretty good for himself if you, uh, Look at the Super Bowl championships and the NFC titles, and uh, he was a one-man. Yeah, he was a one-man wrecking crew. But they also had Prince Amokamara, who just retired from the Giants, 
and uh, a lot of good players, Jared Crick and so many others. So at the end of the day, if you're going to run the nickel, you better be able to manufacture a pass rush with the three up front. And uh, we'll see what happens against the Gophers because they're going to run the ball. That's what they're going to do. So we'll see what happens. Well, my team has a little lighter competition this week with UMass coming to town. But, you know, new coach, new quarterback that we got from a team that underachieved last year. So can he show up and can he freeze showing how to do a few things and, and get something out of him? I'm not sure. Who's the QB? Remind me. It is um, – good Lord, I forgot his name. Thorne, Peyton Thorne from Michigan State. That's right. Yep, from Sparty. Yeah. So, you know, he had a lot of stats, but the team underachieved. And um, now he wanted, you know, fresh pastures. He's got Hugh Freeze come in. You know, he's done some things in the past. We'll see. There's not a lot of depth. Cupboard was pretty bare. But there's some talent. You know, Auburn is listed in the top ten in blue chip percentage and all that. So there's some four stars there. they Pulled some five-star recruits for next year. They're probably a year away from really competing. And the SEC West is pretty tough. So we'll see what happens. You know why the SEC West is pretty tough, don't you? Tell me. Nick Saban. Everybody (laughs) went out to find a coach to beat Nick Saban. Now, this is a compliment to your man. There are 28 losses on Nick Saban's record. Terry, do you know who holds two of them at home? I do. I do do know who holds two of them, but I also know that the guy that beat him the most got fired by us a few years ago. So, you know, I don't know. We we tended to – we fired a guy that was winning more than anybody was against Alabama and um, then hired somebody that didn't get the job done. So let's see what we can do now. I don't know. We'll, We'll see where it goes. Not a lot of huge hope for a bunch of wins, but improvement the problem is that in the sec in the west in particular if you look at the teams where they stack up there's alabama there's lsu and then there's about five teams in a big gob trying to be that next team and it's hard you can be better but getting to the top of that is very tough but anyway we'll talk more about that with the conference predictions which we can go ahead and start now we're going to move away from the sec because i want to save that one for last best conference. Why don't we start with the ACC? What are you thinking in the ACC? Who's the who's the champion of the ACC? I think it comes down to Clemson, a proven winner. And, um, oh, shoot. I just lost my train of thought, Terry. First of all, in Miami, it'll be good. But I think it's um, – I think that Clemson is overwhelming most teams and they run the table. But um, they'll have a game where they can stub their toe. And that's always the Pittsburgh or the the others. But uh, my pick to win the conference, ACC, I was going to say that Miami has a chance and Mac Brown at Carolina has somewhat of a chance. But Dabo's just too good. Clemson's too established. I think they run the table and win the game. And if they don't run the table, and I know we're not talking playoff predictions at this point, but if the winner of the ACC – does not run the table and win every game, they will not be in the playoff. Because yeah. this is the last year where this is the last year where it's only four. So anyway, well, go ahead. 
Yeah, I mean, I think playoffs are tough when you when you talk about the SEC and the Big Ten sitting there. It's, it's hard for anybody that's not going to have a perfect season to squeak in there at that point. Yeah. So my oh, prediction, yeah, yeah. and I'm a little more chalk on this. I know that you've made comments otherwise here, but I've got Florida State sitting there. I'm going to make them prove to me that they're not that team. I know that Dabo's got the history, and obviously that's there, but I'm going to go with Florida State. Um, that is a little bit uh, squishy in my head, not 100% confidence here, but I'm going to go with that one. You know, Florida State, we'll, we'll see where they go. Team to team, facilities to facilities, offense to offense, defense to defense, they're even. The question mark is the head coach. Hmm. And Dabo's got two national championships. One thing he needs to do, though, is um, get some different offense. If He needs to be more original with his offense. It seems like it's gotten stale. And hopefully that's something that they've done uh, in the offseason. That was really the team I went blank on. I said Miami because Cristobal's there, but Florida State – um, could be a contender, you know, they could be a contender. They haven't been really good since Jimbo was there and they're still paying for that decision to let him go. So we'll see what happens. All right. That sounds good. We'll, we'll see um, if either of us are correct. We might have like a surprise Virginia Tech year or something. Not I without think. Beamer. You won't. <laughs> good Lord. All right. Let's move to the big 12. I think, um, Oh, God. I am I'm going to Texas here. I, you know, I just don't see really a whole lot of competition for that. I believe in Texas a little bit. You got any thoughts on this? Yeah, before you shit all over the Big 12, that's my first potty mouth word other than roll tide of the night. <laughs> Remember that Kansas State and TCU played down to the wire last year. However, I agree with you. Starkeesian's got the right formula. He's got his recruits. That matters. That's why I'm writing Oklahoma and Venables off because Venables has not had the time necessary to get his team to Oklahoma, particularly when you saw the mass exodus of USC once they all followed Riley to so Southern California. So my prediction is Texas this year takes the Big 12 title. Um, I think TCU was a fluke last year. I think that was a one and done. Kansas State's a very well-established football team from the Snyder years forward. but And so they'll be tough. They'll be gritty to play anyone. But I think a one loss, because they have to play Alabama, Texas takes the Big 12 championship. Take it to the SEC. Take the Big 12 championship and move to the Southeastern Conference. Yeah. Like a Rick Flair moving to the WWF. I'm telling you, God bless them, because Oklahoma and Texas have no idea what they're in for, other than big money contracts, because they've been playing in the Big 12 for so long, and that's just that high-octane offense. Right. They, ain't seen, they don't see defenses like the Alabamas and the, and the Georgias and the Auburns even. I'm not picking on Auburn. Auburn still – the problem is at Auburn, they, they still have a top 40 defense. There's 132 teams in the country. They still stop. A bunch of guys, but their competition is Ole Miss and Alabama and A&M and LSU, and the list just goes on and on and on and on. So anyway, moving on, Texas, one loss, one loss conference champion. All right, sounds good. Let's move to the Pac-12. And, uh, you know, this one, we kind of talked about some questions out there, some competition. We talked about USC being highly ranked there. And um, 
obviously the first game they struggled a little bit. Um, what are your thoughts there? What's your prediction? The biggest question mark of all of them to me is the Pac-12 because I have Utah winning it. All right. I have Utah winning it because they have a record of being able to play defense. I don't know that Washington's there yet. I know they're ranked higher than Utah right now. I know Oregon is is in the is in the running, but you have unproven head coaches there with Peterson's resignation and moving up at Washington. I forget even who the guy is at Oregon. Um, no offense to him, man, um, but Oregon football has not since the the Kelly years really. You haven't seen that high flying offense that used to give so many you know so much trouble to everybody. Um, but Utah has just been nice and steady. Nice since the Urban Meyer time there. It's just been nice and steady. So I'm going to go with Utah because I know what I have there. All right. Sounds good. I'm actually going to go with Oregon. I think they they take a hit during the regular season and end up um, winning the championship game. And that means they are far from a playoff team. But um, I just think there's just not a great team in the Pac-12. I don't think anybody has that full team. I understand your point about Utah probably more consistent and they they play defense um, and maybe there's a little bit of wanting Bo Nix to do something now that he left my school but um, I just think that you know it, it's one of those things maybe they're the underdog in the championship game and they pull it off and that's, that's how I see it going. And neither one of us mentioned UCLA. That's right. Exactly, and they're both headed to the Big Ten. USC and UCLA are going to the Big Ten next year. So yeah, this is there's some real craziness on uh, how spread out these conferences are. Like they needed Conference USA one, Conference USA two, and that kind of thing. Exactly. There's no anything with a direction in it other than the SEC. They're still pretty much in the southeast. I know they're stretching it out into Oklahoma City. Or oh, no, not Oklahoma City. That was Norman. 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 Sorry about that. Um, Boomer Sooner. Yeah, they're stretching it out a little bit. You know, Missouri, they were criticized for Missouri at one point, but it's still pretty much the Southeast. Everybody else is really stretching it out to pull any teams. There's just not enough around. So big change is coming. We'll talk about that at some point, I'm sure. All right, well, let's go to the Big Ten. And I know, I mean, there's a handful of teams here. Two big boys, and then you know, you got some others that really need consideration here. But I think Michigan's going to pull this out this year. And as much as it pains me to say it, I think it'll be Ohio State. I have a rule about Ohio State. I I will uh, we'll get into that later in the season here. But um, I think it's going to be Ohio State. Marvin Harrison Jr. is a beast. He's just like his dad, um, Ryan Day. Four years in a row, 40-plus points in offense. And this is in the Big Ten. So 40 points per game average for the last four consecutive seasons in the Big Ten. Also, if everybody remembers, they're one field goal away from beating Georgia. And that's as close as Georgia has come to losing since they lost the national title game. Um, So I'm going with Ohio State. To your point, not to drag this out, Wisconsin has Luke Fickle. Illinois has um, Brett Belima as the head coach, and he's doing exactly there what he did at Wisconsin before he moved on to Arkansas in a disastrous move for him. Um, you've got Penn State up there. 
So Franklin needs a big season. He's got to win 10. Um, but I don't think they're good enough to take down Michigan and Ohio State. And quite frankly, I think the Big Ten runs through that game. I think whoever wins that game comes away as your Big Ten champion. Um, but I'm going with Ohio State this year. Uh, they haven't lost three in a row to Michigan in a very long time, if ever. And I don't think they want to start this year. So um, all those things considered. Plus, they always play some decent defense. And the Horseshoe is a hard place to win ball games at 108,000 strong. Same with the big house, though. But uh, I'm going to go with Ohio State this time around. All right. Sounds good. We got you know, we agreed on Texas, everything else so far, we've disagreed, but I think we're probably going to agree on this next one in the SEC. If you can give me a reason it's not Georgia, I'd like to hear it. The only reason it won't be Georgia is Nick Saban takes it from him in uh, what we call Tuscaloosa North in the Alabama world in Atlanta, Georgia. My birthday weekend, me and the lovely Allison will be sitting watching, hopefully, one of the last chapters of the Alabama and Georgia rivalry. But uh, I will say this, Kirby is probably the greatest Nick Saban disciple. They've won 27 or eight consecutive games. The last time they lost was for the national championship. They have the Alabama formula. They run the ball. They play defense. They reload the gun year in and year out, year in and year out. They have the easiest schedule in the conference of anybody that looks like they can win ball games this year. No offense to Georgia, but their big game is Tennessee and maybe Florida, depending on what Florida team decides they want to show up today, this week, you know. But uh, I look for Georgia to be dominant, and until you until you take the king down, they're number one. Yeah, you can't bet against them. And this is my shit, Terry, because I'm a Nebraska fan. 70-71, Devaney gets the back-to-back. He can't win it the third time. But he does beat Bear Bryant in his last trip out. Uh, 94-95, Osborne could have won one in 93. Bad penalty, fumble, wide right, real men go for two. The whole deal, he could have had it. USC could have had it until Vince Young took it from him in 04-05. Georgia has the very best chance to three-peat since 1930-whatever when Minnesota did it last. So um, until you beat them, they're number one. They're the, they're the kings of college football. And uh, you don't have to like it, but it is the way it is. It is. And when I look at the other parts of the conference, you know, Tennessee, you know, I expect them to be good. But are they as good as they as the fans think they are? Of course not. They're not going to win some of these games that they think they're going to win. They could go out and surprise it. Um, you know, and I talked about the West being a big clump of teams. I don't I don't think LSU's as good as a lot of people are ranking them. So I think Alabama's sitting there by themselves. I think somebody else is going to beat LSU other than Alabama this year that's in the West. Um, and I think it's just a big mess of teams. I'm hoping a lot of them underachieve so my team can can climb. But, you know, like I said, we're a little bit away from that. We'll see what happens. Um, you know, Florida looks bad. Um, you know, Kentucky's pretty good, but they're still just Kentucky, right? So 
Um, South Carolina could possibly be decent. They had a good end of the season last year. But, but you know, there's a cream of the crop. They lost their offensive coordinator to the University of Nebraska, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so. so we'll see what happens there. There's new coaches all around. We'll see what happens. You know, this weekend we're going to see everybody, so that'll be good instead of this week zero stuff. We'll uh, we'll be wrong about some things. There'll be some huge surprises, and you know, we're both crossing our fingers that new coach will, will cause some new surprises on in some places, but we'll see what happens. Well, I'm confident as can be, Terry. I got Nebraska by 14, the spread seven and a half in favor of Minnesota. I got okay. Nebraska by 14. That's where I'm at. So, but the spread well, as of the seven and a half. Well, I got to tell you, if we if we have trouble with UMass, then I may just um, I may I may have a problem. You know? He's going to be a Georgia so, fan, folks. Well, so here counter roll tie. <laughs> you know, so you know we got a we got a big trip to California in the next week. So, um, you know, confidence there is pretty high right now because it's just cow. But if you pull a stinker against UMass, that confidence starts to. Deal. But anyway, y'all didn't listen in to hear me talk about Auburn. If they start playing well, then you'll hear a lot about it. But we'll hold off on that for now. I I think they got the right coach, buddy. Hugh Freeze knows how to win in the SEC. So well, it's uh, not the winning that I'm worried about. It's the off the field. What happens? What does he say? Um, what kind of social media posts are there? Does he get in somebody's DMs and start? doing some stuff. We've heard some of these stories. We know how that goes. Um, we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it is time to talk about this TNA top 10. That's what we're calling it. Terry and Andrew, TNA. Um, and here's our process. So I asked Andrew to give me a top 15. I made a top 15 of my own. I just did points from 15 to one, compiled them. We got two first place votes. Um, we just tell you the top 10 out of that top 15 vote. We don't give you who else got votes. There's a few extra teams that got votes there. But um, I will say that we picked the same 15 teams, amazingly. We didn't put them in the same order, but I will tell you that much because there are four others getting votes, and we have a tie for number 10. So let me run down six through 10 right now. Tied for 10th, we have Clemson and Texas with 13 total points each. Number nine, we have USC. Tied for seventh, we have Tennessee and Florida State. And at number six, we have LSU. Obviously, these are all pretty decent teams. You and I voted some of these a little higher. I voted Florida State a little higher. You voted them lower. You voted Tennessee a little higher. I voted them lower. They ended up tied at seven. So they're within striking distance in the poll here. But, um, you know, confidence between us is high or low with those two teams. Any thoughts on these? Anything sound a little higher? Am I over, over um, grading somebody here in your thoughts? Run them down one more time, 10 to 6. So we got Clemson and Texas tied for 10th, USC at 9, Tennessee and Florida State tied for 7th, LSU at 6th. Okay. Yeah, I think um, 
So LSU at six for me is probably right because they're a good team, good program. Head coach is your question mark. I don't care what anybody says. Brian Kelly has not gotten in a chess match where he's had to outcoach somebody. I put Tennessee in my top five because of their head coach, the enthusiasm he brings to the game, the experience, the high flyer. And by the way, people forget Hendon Hooker, who got injured last year, should have won the Heisman. Bottom line, should have won the Heisman, got injured, and the man he replaced is the starting quarterback of the Tennessee Volunteers this year. If there's a team that can take Georgia down before December the 2nd, 2023, it's going to be Tennessee. Um, that's my that's my prediction and my thought. Clemson and Texas, to me, are good quality teams, good quality coaches. They look very complete, but they're unproven in the big the big scheme of things. So that's that's kind of where for anybody my logic thought. By the way, I dinged USC for a poor, poor, poor defensive performance. I did it. They hung fifty six on San Jose State. But don't allow seven yards of rush. That's a big deal because when these playoff committee and Terry and I are definitely not the people on the playoff committee. But when the playoff committee starts looking at it, strength of schedule, quality of wins matter. If my defense just allowed seven yards of carry against a zero-week team that we paid so we could kick their asses up and down the field, I'm not I'm not confident they're a playoff team at the four position. So that's where my logic was dinging USC the way I did. All right. Well, let's run down the top five here. So I will just go ahead and, and go through them. I will say that between four and five was the biggest gap because I think we know who the top four teams are. But we both um, we both graded Penn State at six, but they ended up at number five because of some other differences. And uh, we had Alabama at four when we combined them. One point behind Michigan at three, one point behind Ohio State at two, and one point, and they are three points behind Georgia, which got both of the first place votes. Yep. Yeah, you know, I said it earlier, until you take Georgia down, they're number one. Two-time defending national champions. Until you beat them, they're the best team in the country. And uh, people can argue with that logic if you want, and that's cool. But at the end of the day, they're rolling in number one in the coaches' pool, number one in the AP pool. Kirby's a proven commodity, proven winner. And the University of Georgia program has thrived in the last, what is it, seven or eight years of his leadership since Mark Rick left. So uh, at the end of the day, I got the Bulldogs number one. I did put Ohio State number two over, over Michigan. And part of that is, Michigan's epic collapse against TCU the last time we saw them out. Michigan should have Michigan should have drummed TCU. They had the defense, they had the running game, they had the players, and I think they just overlooked TCU and thought they were going to walk away with it in the semifinals of that game. I would say the same thing about Georgia, though. Georgia was not prepared for Ohio State. I dare say if it gets that far this year, that doesn't happen again. But yeah, Penn State with Franklin, they've got to win big. And uh, they got to play big. That's the thing at Penn State. They've got to play big. Penn State difference, because I, yeah, obviously. 
All right. Well, we're back. Sorry about the interruption, guys. A little bit of technical difficulty. And Andrew was heated up talking about the Big Ten and the, the top two teams and who else might have a chance. What other thoughts you got there before we want Biggest to thing, close it out? Oh, yeah, didn't mean to interrupt you. Biggest thing for me is, a, is Penn State, the number six position, just because the way we voted, doesn't have the sizzle of the Ohio State or the Michigan. That's the biggest thing. They don't have the X factor. They haven't had the X factor. And that's really what's kept them as a nine and a 10 win team is they don't have the X factor. Now, when you see a white out there at, at happy Valley, it's one of the coolest things you'll ever see in college football, but it doesn't translate to wins. And so they've got to find a way to beat Ohio state and to beat Michigan until they do. For me, they're the three and two team or the four and two team. Cause I think Alabama's better than, than six or whatever we ended up saying five, four, you know, because they yeah, got the devil. four. Yeah. We, had, we both um, put Penn state at six, but because we had differences above, they ended up at five. Yeah. Well, bottom line is Nick Saban's proud of the headlines out or the sidelines. Alabama's always in the game, buddy, always in the game. Roll tide. Well, I, I didn't know if we wanted to go ahead and predict four teams for the playoffs, but I'm going to go ahead and say it is tough for me to not say Michigan State and, and Michigan and Ohio State from the Big Ten to go along with Georgia and Alabama from the SEC. I know there's teams that are going to win some other Power Five conferences, but I just don't see that team that stands out. I think they're going to be teams that teams that beat each other you're gonna have florida state or clemson can clemson get in if they you know if they roll the table probably um same for florida state honestly right yeah and you know uh, usc i have a hard time thinking that they're gonna make it in texas maybe texas depends on how the season goes but they'll have to be pretty perfect and um maybe and one be, of these other teams Alabama's gonna be yeah yeah. They won't be perfect. Right. Alabama's well, I mean, it. depending on that game, yeah. I mean, it, it's going to be. Because um, they drew tough. that game at home. They drew that game at home. Yeah. So what you what you basically said is we're going to see two rematches, SEC title, Big Ten championship. Presumptively, it's going to be Alabama versus Georgia in the SEC title game. Mm -hmm. Presumptively, because this is way too early to call, guys. That's why we're having fun doing this. But presumptively, it's Michigan and Ohio State because they're the best two teams and they're in two separate divisions. That's right. So you, you put a one-loss Michigan or Ohio State against a one-loss Georgia or Alabama, you got a pretty good four-person playoff. To your point, what if Clemson runs the table? What if Florida State runs the table? What if the University of North Carolina that we hardly mentioned, Mac Brown, runs the table? You know, do you put them right. in the playoff? Do you put one lost Texas in the playoff knowing Alabama already beat them? And, folks, I'm sorry I'm such a, a Saban file, but here's the deal. They got really close to beating Alabama last year, but this time the game's in Tuscaloosa, and that shit ain't happening now in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. It's hard to see any other scenario, but I, I love it because something's going to happen that really throws us off. Somebody's going to be it's a gonna lot worse, and somebody's yeah. going to be a lot better, and that's what's so good about it. Georgia loses to Tennessee. Tennessee finishes undefeated. How do you deny him? Oh, you don't. You don't. 
this yeah, is you know, scenario. you only keep the SEC champ out when they're undefeated if it's Auburn. That's how that works. <laughs> Terry's all mad now. <laughs> Oh, Have I mentioned bad. 2004 twice already? It, it Nebraska almost got you guys in 2004, but uh, had the team to take had to Cadillac Williams and the boys down, but didn't do it. Yeah. So. Well, so I guess the only other thing, thanks for, for the discussion here. It's been good. Um, looking forward to next week. You know, LSU-FSU is going to be good. We'll learn about both teams. that We don't think these two teams are, are – Really top-notch, but they're good. We may learn a lot more about both of them this week. Um, they may be what we thought they were. But that should be the marquee matchup this week. Hopefully, uh, coming up week two, we'll see some some better games. But, you know, everybody's got to get started, get on the field. We'll see them running around, beating some high school teams. And um, we'll judge <laughs> them and, and see what we can say about them next week. But um, any closing thoughts from you there? No, I'm looking forward to seeing the Seminoles take down LSU. That's my prediction. Florida State walks away with it. And, uh, well, maybe not walks away with it. That's that's not the way to say it. Florida State is going to win it. It's going to be a close ball game. But uh, I'm going to give that one to the Seminoles. All right. Well, that sounds good. I can't disagree with that. Like I said, LSU, to me, is a little overrated. Um, they beat Alabama last year. That's what happens when you beat Alabama. You end up in the top ten. But what Brian, but Brian Kelly forgot is that Nick Saban is twenty four and zero in revenge games, or some stupid number. Right. I, I forget. It's, you it's, know, for a very long time, none of his pupils ever beat him. But that's that's happened a couple of times now. So we'll, Jimbo and George, uh, Jimbo and uh, Kirby finally got him. That's and right. they got him in the same season. So that's it right. happens. All right. Well, thanks for the discussion. It's been good. And um, hopefully anybody that listens to this enjoys it, um, disagrees with a lot of what we say and tells us about it because we love to argue with folks on the Internet if you get the chance. So um, give us that opportunity, folks. If we didn't say anything good about your team, um, call us some names or something. We're here for it. But anyway, thanks, Andrew. And we'll talk to you next week. And um We'll have a fresh top 10 next week. See you later, guys.